sometimes. The best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. And welcome to the back of the range. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 256. Well, before the NCAA's regionals get underway and we inevitably inch closer to the women's and men's national championships, we finally complete the 2021 U.S. Curtis Cup Series here at the back of the range. If you missed any of those previous episodes, I recommend going back and listening to them. Remember, every episode is available at thebackoftherange.com. So special thanks to Jensen Castle, Rachel Keen, Allison Corpus, Gina Kim, Amelia Miliacho, Rose Zhang, Brooke Matthews, and now Rachel Heck for joining me here at the back of the ranch. Rachel had a historic freshman season at Stanford that was capped off by her being just the third woman in history to sweep the postseason. She won the individual titles in 2021 at the Pac-12s, regionals, and then at nationals at Greyhawk. In this episode, we spoke about her start in the game, her teammates on the Curtis Cup, and what lies ahead for her and her journey in college golf at Stanford University. Just a few housekeeping items. I'll be stopping by the men's regional that will be held at PGA National right up the street from me. Should be interesting to see who advances to the national championship at Greyhawk from this location. The top seed Vanderbilt is the favorite, but Florida, their SEC rival, will be there as well looking to avenge their loss to Vanderbilt in the SEC championship. Florida State, Purdue, USF, Indiana, a lot of strong teams making their way to the bear trap with hopes to punch their ticket to Greyhawk. Speaking of Greyhawk, I'll be out there for two weeks covering both the women's and the men's national championships. Going to be a lot of fun out there. Special episodes planned, so make sure you are following on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. All the content will be there, and every episode, again, is available at thebackoftherange.com. There's also a lot more merch on the website. Get those orders in before I head out of town. Let's jump right into it. Rachel, thanks again for joining me here at the back of the range. How are you? I'm good, Ben. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm good. And and a lot of interesting uh, just coincidences happening. So um, happy St. Patrick's Day. And then, happy St. Patrick's Day. Yes. And then breaking news out of our friends at the USGA uh, today the 2023 U.S. Junior is going to be held at Eisenhower Golf Club, Colorado Springs, at the U.S. Air Force Academy, first golf course affiliated with the Military Academy to host a USGA championship. As a Air Force ROTC, that's got to be pretty cool. I know you can't play in it, but that's still pretty cool news. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so cool. I had no idea they were doing that. It was actually the U.S. Girls Junior was supposed to be there. The year it got canceled for COVID, I was heartbroken. I was so excited to see the Academy. That was kind of before I announced that I was doing ROTC. Right. So it's so kind of a secret. I knew I was going to do it. And I was just so pumped to go to the Academy. I have a couple of friends there. So I'm so excited to hear that. It's it's coming back there. That's going to be amazing. Yep. 2023, it will be there. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll get into your, your ROTC. And uh, I mean, I can't even, I mean, is that like a, uh, it's not an elective, but when we say like uh, you know outside interests of golf, I don't I don't think that qualifies. That's more of a passion. That's part of you. That's not. Just, I mean, it's 
you know, knitting or crocheting or, or, uh, you know, I, I like to work out a little bit. Yeah, this is a little bit different. Just we're, a hobby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're going to get, we'll get into the differences in that a little bit later, but, um, you have to be probably one of the busiest student athletes in the country, just getting back from spring break. How hard is it for you to allow yourself to just flip the switch off for a bit? I mean, is it a challenge? How much fun is it? It is not a challenge. I'll tell you that. It is so nice. Yeah. When I'm at school, I'm, crazy busy between or to see obligations practice workouts class homework I'm just absurdly busy to say the least but I think it helps that I really do love everything I'm doing so it makes waking up a little bit easier in the morning but I can tell you that I do love some time off to be able to sit on the beach with my family play with my dog see my sisters it's it's special um i'm lucky that coach let us leave for a few days because she recognizes how important it is to have a time off to take a mental and physical break from everything for a few days so it was really nice but i'm ready to get going again <laughs> okay all right <laughs> ready to get, get back <laughs> into the swing um well this is as uh, as you and, and many people know that follow the back of the range this is i guess the final episode of the series where i've had every member of the 2021 curtis cup team uh, on for an episode to share some stories about you know just the experience there in Wales. Listeners have learned quite a bit about this team. We learned uh, we learned about Doug, the mascot. Oh, oh yeah, the we, most important member of the team. Exactly. Um, we learned that. <laughs> let's see, Megagane is apparently in charge of the team's uh, TikTok posts, probably moving forward for a couple years at least. Yes, I'd say Rachel Keane's the assistant on that, but Mega's taking the lead. Okay, Rachel Keane in in the assistant role, very important. So you are are in the anchor spot of this series with the final episode, so we're going to need you to bring it home, tie it all together. What what do you think you're going to rely on most to get through this gauntlet of of an interview? Is it going to be the educational background at Stanford? Is it the the focus that you've uh, had to help you become an Annika award winner and a national champion, or maybe the tactical experience that you're getting at uh, ROTC. Like what, what are you going to draw on the most here, Rachel? <laughs> I'd say it's definitely the tactical ROTC. Experience. Okay. All right. All right. So 100%. All right. So you're really digging in here and getting serious. Okay. Oh yeah. This is serious. Okay, good. Um, well, I'm intimidated. I need to bring my A game here. I'm an intimidating person. <laughs> I'm feeling that from uh, the other side yeah, of the phone. Yeah, I can't I, even say that with a straight <laughs> I Well, I figured it broke pretty quickly. So um, we so many different interests in your life, obviously more than just playing golf. I'm really glad that you're, you're giving me the four hours I asked for to do this interview. This is going to be great. Um, oh yeah. I'm kidding. Relax. So, um, <laughs> let's, let's, so let's go back a ways. You're born in 2001. What was that like? Yeah, it was a really special time in my life. <laughs> yeah, it all started when I was born. <laughs> I've had too much coffee. So we're going we're gonna to get a little <laughs> bit serious here. But let's talk a little bit about the family, though. Um, you mentioned your sisters. Uh, older sister, Abby. Younger sister, Anna. Uh, Abby just finished up playing golf at Notre Dame. Anna is going to go play golf at Notre Dame. Um, I just had Palmer Jackson on the podcast, uh, who just won the Jones Cup. He's on the men's team at Notre Dame. Oh yeah! And he he told me about some of these really uh, really cushy practice sessions that Notre Dame gets to gets to go on. They they hop on a plane and head down to places like Seminole and Augusta National. So that <laughs> that naturally sparked a question. 
has your older sister Abby played Augusta National before you did? She did not. She was not waking up too long. I get to hold that over her head forever. I was I was a little bit scared that she was going to, but she didn't. So that was pretty clutch. I'm not gonna lie. All right, all right. Little sibling, <laughs> little sibling rivalry. Now you, always. Now you got into the. I mean, all the girls have gotten into the game, and I know it was kind of your dad kind of brought you out on the golf course, and then you know you really just got hooked. But you you didn't have, I guess, was it the typical start in the game? Obviously, it didn't sound like your your parents played golf, did they? Yeah, no, they didn't. My dad, um, to be honest, he really did not want daughters. He grew up with the brothers, and he was like, until my mom, he's like, I don't know what to do with them. Like, what do I do with girls? Like, I, he's like, I'm not taking them to dance recitals, I'll tell you that. So he's like, I'm just going to bring them out to the golf course. So my mom was like... Robert, you can't convince them to like golf. He's like, watch me. So every day he's like, all right, girls, we're going to go play golf. And then we're going to get ice cream. We'd be pumped. We'd be like, oh, my God, it's going to be awesome. Let's go. He'd take us out. He got us little clubs. And, I mean, he wasn't a good golfer himself, but obviously he can probably teach a three-year-old how to hold a club, sure. how to hit a bomb. <laughs> and, I mean, we just got hooked. Because every day we'd go play some silly little games. He'd celebrate, act like we won the U.S. Open, like we we did it. And we'd celebrate and get ice cream. And that was just a daily routine. And soon enough, that love for ice cream turned into a love for golf. And, I mean, we were all three hooked. It was something we did as a family. And it really created a lot of fond memories growing up. That's crazy. So, like... <laughs> <laughs> really just bribing kids with sweets and candy and so that's exactly what it was oh my gosh so you have this massively successful junior career and you know navigating the world of junior golf i you know i i, I don't know if there's been a reality show around it but there easily could have been and um, <laughs> everything that goes on no one would believe but no it's all true but um, you have this great, um, you know, foundation in sportsmanship and integrity. And it's obviously something you've carried with you along the way. When did, I guess, it? you know, it's all fun to hear about the story of, you know, getting into the game you know, through ice cream and, and fun. But at some point you become pretty competitive and you enter that world of junior golf where, um, you know, you're, you're playing against other kids and it's, you know, there's, there's elements to sportsmanship. When did maybe that kind of start uh, for you? Yeah, that's a good question. I never know really how to answer this one because I think like that's something my parents instilled in me from a super young age. And I can't remember a time that I ever necessarily flipped a switch and got serious about golf. I mean, since I like legitimately since I was three years old, anytime anyone asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I said a golfer. And then people would always laugh at me and I'd get really upset because I mean, I it probably does sound a little silly when a little five year old girl so that she's going to be a f professional right. golfer when she grows up. But it was something that I was always serious about. And um, as far as integrity and sportsmanship, that's always what my parents were hardest on me about. My A lot of golf parents are really hard on their kids about how they shoot. But I can't remember a single time my parents ever got mad at me for hitting a bad shot, having a bad round, missing a putt. But, boy, if I slammed a club or, right. you know, did something, that's, you know, they I would be – in trouble that we talk about that the whole way home it didn't matter how well I played so that's what it really was about growing up but I'm really thankful for that you know they they raised me right a lot of a lot of discipline a lot of instilling me with the values that are that I can take into every single aspect of my life well that's uh that's a good example for juniors and parents of juniors that are listening to the podcast um in this episode because yeah the the scores are one thing but if you don't uh if you don't manage yourself the right way on the golf course uh, you're gonna have a pretty short relationship with this game absolutely so and fun fact we're you know ben's house of useless trivia did you know <laughs> that um rachel Keene's older brother Corey 
Rachel Keene, obviously your teammate uh, on the Curse Cup. Her older brother, Corey, played golf at Rhodes College, the same school that your dad went to and played college football at. Did you know that? I did know that. I would see Corey sometimes at the driving range. Okay. And I didn't know who it was at first because I didn't know Rachel super well. And then I kind of put the connected the dots together. I was like, oh, my God, this is Rachel Keene's brother. So I would see him occasionally. And I feel like every time Rachel was in town to visit him, I was always out of town. And it was always so frustrating because I just wanted to take her out to my course so we could play together. Yeah. But I, I did know that. Fun no, fact, I, I knew that. All right. All right. You got you got one <laughs> on me. There you go. I thought I had yes. you. I thought I had you there. I passed um, the first checkpoint. You passed the first checkpoint. You're doing great. Um, yes. So Stanford, obviously I've had many Cardinal uh, players on the podcast, whether it's uh, Professor Henry Shimp or uh, Thor or <laughs> Carl, uh, you know, obviously Coach Walker, really people from all walks of life. Now, you know, Shimp's a North Carolina guy. Carl's Australia. Thor's from Massachusetts. I mean, you know, Coach Walker, obviously from Scotland. But from what you've seen in teammates on on your team, and then, you know, professors and friends that aren't you know aren't in athletics, is there a common theme at Stanford that you have identified as, you know, uniquely Stanford? Yeah, it's crazy being surrounded by people with so much passion for something. Everyone has their thing, right. something that they're insanely passionate about, whether that be golf or computer science or engineering and some niche thing that everyone is so passionate about and the cool thing is that everyone's also really curious everyone wants to know what you're interested in what you're doing sometimes I feel like I'm imposter syndrome I walk around like oh I don't belong here and then you know a brilliant student who's creating some app that's going to change the world just asking me all these questions about golf because they're so genuinely interested in that so the genuine passion the genuine curiosity is so cool to be around it's like it's contagious it's just such a unique atmosphere and every day, I you know can't believe that I get to be a part of it. Now, you mentioned the imposter sy- syndrome. We're talking about all the things that you're good at: golf, ROTC. You're in the gym all the time. You just you have this kind of a rocket ship path and career going right now. Um, what is Rachel Heck bad at? Computer science. <laughs> <laughs> easy okay. answer okay uh explain a little bit because uh i mean what do you say computers uh, so yeah explain to me in what fashion that that is that is a mystery to you okay so i'm a little bit of ptsd so my freshman year we were we were um in covid so i was home i wasn't on campus i didn't know anybody and i decide that it's a great idea to take a computer science class uh-huh. because i didn't know anything in high school like Nothing was too difficult. Stanford's a little bit different, though. And it was supposed to be an introductory level class. Everyone says it was really fun. And I think I sat in my room and stared at my computer for hours, like, crying. I don't even want to know how much I cried during that class. Um, it was bad because I didn't know anyone either. And then everyone seemed like they knew what they were doing. Even though it was supposed to be an introductory class, like, everyone was like, oh, yeah, I've done Python before. And so I would just, like, you're send doing, texts. You're that, doing like, coding? Yes, yeah, it's coding, coding, yeah. Oh, my God. So, like, it was super interesting, but everyone knew what they were doing. So I'd send, like, an SOS text to my computer science group chat at, like, 2 a.m. in tears. And I don't like to think about that. Okay. Um, 
So we're going to leave that. All right. We've gone into a dark, dark hole of this episode. We're going to try. Yeah. We're going to try. This has gotten a lot deeper than I thought it was going to be. Oh, yeah. This is you're getting the full boat here. This is a this, is a this is a full podcast episode here. We're getting serious. All right. Well, let's get away from that. I don't want to <laughs> shut down the guest this early on in the episode. Um, All right. Thank you. Hey, let's talk about golf again. So, um, okay, go ahead. yeah, we talked about sportsmanship and, you know, I had a real busy summer. Um, I was at, you know, both US Sams, the Western, US Junior. I was on the road quite a bit. And I, I think my favorite match that I saw was really that semifinal match between you and Jensen Castle, the US Sam. And the thing that I was just so impressed with was just not the level of play, but the demeanor and the chatting back and forth. And it it was really hard to really get an understanding of who might actually be winning that might that winning that match. And was obviously the match didn't go in your favor, but is that pretty much your typical demeanor on the golf course? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Always. And I've had a lot of people tell me, they say, stop talking so much in match play. And maybe they're right. Maybe they are, but I'm not me. Golf is one thing, but you know, these are cool experiences I get to make with my friends. Jensen and I are really good friends. And I think, I mean, I hope people saw that on the course, but we talked before we took off, kind of before we went over to the crowd on the first tee. We kind of gave each other a hug. We're like, this is going to be awesome. We're going to go put on a show. We're going to have fun. This is going to be cool. And it was. Uh, you know, we completely lived up to that. We were sinking putts on top of each other. It was it was awesome. You know, at the end of the day, that's over. And we get to go be teammates in Wales and represent the United States. And we get to just laugh and have fun and make the best memories. So what I hope people get from watching it on TV is, like, there's so much more than golf. And when the match is over, the match is over. And of course, I'm going to be upset that it didn't go my way. And of course, you know, I want her to go on to win what she did, which is awesome. But, you know, that's it's there's not things we think about when we're hanging out with each other in Wales, when we're going to visit a castle in Wales and we're, when we're going like a beautiful hike together. Like it, we're making memories. We're collecting memories together. And we recognize that it's a sport. It's not always going to go our way, but it's so important to put that aside and just recognize how cool the people you are around are. Like, it's awesome. We're lucky to be able to make memories like that. Now, I'll, I'll ask you a little more about other members of the team, but uh, Jensen Castle is a unique person, isn't she? She's hilarious. <laughs> She's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, I've spent some time with her. Uh, she is entertaining, to say the least. Um, <laughs> and and I guess that was the one of the quotes. She didn't really know where Wales was at the time at the U.S. Women's Honor, <laughs> which I, I never failed to remind her of. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, she had to Neither be- do we. Yeah, okay, good. So she gets picked on her fair share. Of course, of course. Okay, perfect. A lot of success and accolades you picked up along the way, but, um, you know, while, you know, I know you right now have a nice balance off the golf course. I know that wasn't always the case. Um, really great article written by Beth Ann Nichols from Golf Week recently. And, you know, in part, it was kind of stating that there was a time where golf really was the end-all be-all. It was like the only thing in your life. And, if you didn't play well, that that affected just everything and, and you were, uh, you know, putting maybe perhaps too much pressure on it. And then obviously you're five-time All-American, five-time All-American AJGA. Any junior or collegiate golfer can experience times like that where they put so much pressure on the game. How did you kind of identify that issue and then also work yourself out of it so that you can enjoy golf more? Yeah, I think I really identified that issue my junior to senior year of high school 
when, yeah, golf was just everything to me. And how I played in my tournament and the tournament would dictate how I felt at school the next week and really every part of my life. Like, if I had a bad tournament, I just had no motivation to do school, do anything. I was upset. That's all I could think about. It just consumed every part of me. I couldn't sleep well at night. And my mental health really deteriorated as, you know, as a whole. It, like I said, it affected every part of my life. I would come back from tournaments and I wouldn't even tell my high school friends that I was in town because I'd be so stressed, so upset. I just wanted to be alone. Wow. I think my parents kind of helped me recognize that. Like, hey, this is a real problem. Your mental health is a real thing um, and it needs to be addressed. So I was lucky enough to have parents who helped me recognize that, be able to get help and, you know, see the world from a different lens, get some perspective, find new passions, find ROTC, find art, and place my value not even in any of those, but place my value in like who I am as a person and what my values are at my core and really realize, and it's so much easier said than done. Right. But I think I've gotten to the point where I realize that how I play doesn't define me. RTC doesn't define me. Any accolade I have doesn't define me. Like I'm, I'm who I am. I have my morals. I have my values. And at the end of the day, that's what I'm always going to have. Other things are going to fluctuate, but who I am at the core isn't going to change. And that's where I draw my value from. Well, and then the other trick, truthfully, I mean, I know you want to enjoy golf and have that nice balance, but, and not have it be like the dominant part of your life, but also when you get on the golf course, you still want to excel. So there's that tricky part where, yes, I have my nice balance, but still when you get out there, you want to win, you're ultra competitive. So there's that, that piece of it also. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, I don't think any of us would be playing at this level if we weren't competitive, if we didn't want to win, but I just got to have my thing, like. You know, I'm obviously super busy. There's so many things going on. It can be easy to think about those other things while I'm on the golf course. It can be easy to get overwhelmed if I'm playing bad. Um, but I try to focus on one thing. So I have, you know, I go in my locker room. I put on my golf shoes. Okay, my golf shoes are on. I'm at golf now. And that's what I'm focusing on. Right. Um, right I'm, okay. I want to do the best I can be. I'm not thinking about school or ROTC or anything else. I'm at golf right now. And then at the end of the day, take off my golf shoes and I'm done. I'm, you know, I'm going to go have an awesome dinner with my team. I'm going to see my parents. I'm going to unfortunately do homework, but I'm not thinking about golf until the next day again. It's, it's, you know, it's so important. I think compartmentalize things like that or else you can find your mind just being so overwhelmed. And I'm not saying I'm perfect at that. Like I'm, I'm human. I get overwhelmed, but to be able to separate those things is important. Yeah. Well, we talked about a little bit about Curtis Cup. You know, you, you guys closed things out uh, really in a dominant fashion in that final single session to overtake GB and I. Um, you picked up a win in singles. You got to pair with Rose uh, to win in foursomes on the first day. Since you are the final uh, member of the team to be a guest here at the back of the range for the, the 2021 squad, at least, um, well, we've heard a lot of stories, but you're going to get off a little bit easy. We're just going to do rapid fire yes. questions on the team. That's easy. Oh yeah, this is going to be a little bit easy. Well, I'm oh, not going to, I don't want to walk you through all the history of the of the team. We we kind of got all that in previous episodes. All right, but all right. For you, let's do rapid fire. Last person on the team you would let take over your Instagram account for a day. Megagane. <laughs> easy. Okay. Most likely, most likely to leave a club on the range before going out to play. Jensen. Six footer, six foot putt for your life. Rose. Who's, okay. Rose. Okay. Um, <laughs> you don't even need to finish that I one. I was going to say. Um, now, actually, r real quickly, she t obviously the story of how she uh, hits a hundred. She goes through a hundred four footers in a row at practice. 
um, is, and I joked with her, probably a good, uh, it's not a good time to, to walk up and introduce yourself to Roseang if she misses the 95th putt. Um, <laughs> have you been around when she kind of loses the streak in those, you know, like 80s and 90s? Have you seen that happen? Oh, I have not, but I'm going to keep an eye on that. So now on. She's always on the putting green. Always, always, always. But I think from now on, I'll make a habit of going to ask her where she's at. Yeah. That'll be good. That's oh, a good yeah. idea. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, blame me for breaking. Okay, thank you. Yeah, blame me for breaking up the consistency and camaraderie of the Stanford women's golf team. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. It was all done, guys. Okay, perfect. So six-footers <laughs> to Rose. Um, if you – let's all right, so how about up and down? What about an up and down for, for your life out of the worst possible lie? Who's going who's gonna to get up and down? Mm, I'm gonna go with Rachel Keen. Okay. Um, best person to sit next to on a flight across the pond. Amelia. Amelia Miliacho. Okay. Well, Amelia, I could talk to her twenty four seven. She's amazing. Okay. Uh, funniest person on the team. Mega. Most intense. Jensen. Most likely to cry when they're happy. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Gina. Gina Kim. Okay. Yes. Um. Most likely to curse. Oh, I'm going to go with Rachel Keen. Rachel, I'm sorry, Rachel Keen. Yeah, yeah, sorry, Rachel Keen. Rachel Keen. Um, if you could play for one of your teammates, meaning have them be your Curtis Cup captain, who would it be? Oh, Amelia. She's like the mom captain of the I, team. I, easy, I, easy answer. I, I knew that was going to be an easy one. Um, <laughs> all right, you did good on that one. Oh, all right, those weren't too bad. At, oh, yeah, those are easy ones. Um, Let's see. Let's talk a little bit about this tournament you're going to play in Georgia in a little while. So you're heading down to Augusta. Which one? Uh, I think it's called the Augusta National Women's Amateur. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, kind, I signed it, up for that. It's kind of a big deal. Um, <laughs> so heading down to Augusta again, third place finish last year. There are, if I'm correct, there are six members of the Stanford women's golf team playing this year in the Augusta National Women's Amateur. Two of them, yeah. Two two of them played as individuals at Gunrock. Now you you won uh, the individual at Gunrock. The team set a new NCAA scoring record with at, with a score of fifty under par, which is just bonkers. But you, <laughs> you you have a dominant team that you can literally fill up a sprinter van and just send them down to Augusta for a team vacation. So I, I don't I don't know how you have you ladies spoken about this. And and the six are are you your, yourself, Rose. Brooke Say, Angelina Yee, Elaine Crowder, Caroline Sturza, and then just in case you need someone to clean the van and carry some bags, Mega will be there since she'll be an incoming freshman <laughs> next year. So have you ladies talked about this, of just how kind of ridiculous this is? Oh, yeah. We all, um, when we got our invitations, we all took pictures with them in front of the Stanford Chapel, and we were like, what's happening? Like. Right. This is unbelievable, and it's so crazy. You know, we have six people playing Augusta, and we're all just fighting for a spot on the actual team. Right. <laughs> it's not even a guarantee. We're like, this is insane. Like, what's happening? How how are I mean, I you know, most people look at your resume and they see obviously you're in the starting lineup. Um, you're 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 a starter on this team, but how how intense are the qualifying sessions to to make it into the lineup for Stanford right now? Oh my gosh, they're crazy. I mean, we're all, we take the last six rounds and the people who are going are all under par. Like you can't, <laughs> if you want to play for this team, you got to earn your spot. And I mean, I don't feel secure, you know, every tournament I'm like, shoot, I got to play really well in qualifying so I can make it. Uh, but it's, 
a really cool atmosphere to be a part of. I think it can get easy to get caught up in it and think like, oh, I'm competing with my teammates. But just sitting back and recognizing that how lucky we are to be to be surrounded by the best players in the world, like literally the best players every single day and have each other to motivate each other, push each other. And we all recognize that at some point we're all probably not going to play a tournament and that's not the end of the world. Who cares? It's less class you got to miss. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so everyone kind of realizes that like with the caliber of our team, it's just going to work out like that. Everyone can't play well all the time. So just recognizing that and recognizing how special it is to call yourself a member of the team. That's pretty cool. How does coach Walker kind of keep, you know, people would look at Coach Walker and be like, all right, if she can just get a team to the first tee her, and maybe hand them a sandwich at the turn, then you just take a trophy home at the end. It should be easy. But <laughs> she has to keep, uh, you know, everyone really hungry and fighting to to make that starting roster. And then also once you get there to the tournament, keep you focused. It so, would be so easy just to look back at the previous success how does she kind of keep everyone hungry and build a culture in that team room where you're focused on the next tournament and not, as I said, looking looking back at previous successes? Yeah, so that's actually something you know, we've talked about a lot. And she says that, she's like, I don't feel the need to try to motivate y'all. I know you're motivated. That's why you're here. That's why you're the best players. Every single one of you is so motivated. And I have no doubt that you're going to work your ass off before every tournament so that's honestly not even something we focus on as a team if she she said if for some reason that she noticed that the motivation was down um you know she'd do something about it but she could see every day we're all just intrinsically motivated to be the best we can be and to win tournaments so a lot of it um is team dynamic that we talk about because i think that's going to be one of the biggest challenges we face is like we just talked about being on the team with such amazing players and getting down on yourself about that. So really the focus of a lot of our team discussions, team meetings is team dynamic and doing things outside of golf to just get closer with each other and just have full trust in every single person on this team. And I mean, it's not even like that's something we've struggled with. We're all already super close, but I mean, that's always something that can be improved and that can be stronger. Right. Now, again, going back to Augusta National, this is not your first time there. Um, you know, there's the the knowledge you've picked up for not only at, at Augusta National, but I mean, really, Champions Retreat really has to be the focus because if you don't perform there, you don't play the final round at Augusta National. So I think that some some people kind of miss out on that uh, aspect. That's the course that you really need to make sure you 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 get through in, in with flying colors. But how, yes, exactly. Yeah how how Im how much of an advantage is it going to be for you not having to walk around Augusta National for the first time with your just head on a swivel looking at all these the, the amazing views and the amazing holes that you've seen on TV for years? How, how much of an advantage do you think that is for, I guess, so-called veterans of this of this championship? I mean, you've been on big stages. You've played majors. You've, you've, you've done it all. But just the fact that you get to go back there this year and you were not going to be a first-timer that has to be a massive advantage for you and every other veteran. Yeah. Well, I definitely won't be a first timer, but I can promise you my head will be on a swivel. Okay. I don't think playing Augusta once, um, you know, gets is enough. <laughs> like I think, and I think that's something that really actually helps you when I play is to have that perspective and take a step back and be like, man, look where I am. This is awesome. I think about all the people who have walked the fairways before. And of course, kind of like we we're just talking about with coach, like, 
of course I'm motivated to play well. Of course I'm going to be a hundred percent committed to every single shot. Of course I'm going to learn the course the day before, but I think having that perspective and knowing that, um, you know, there are people on TV who would kill to be in my shoes. Right. It's something that's really important to keep in mind, you know, to not, to not lose that. These are all insane memories that we're lucky enough to get to have. So it'd be a shame to not live in the moment and appreciate it while you're there. We talked a little bit about Rose, obviously had her on the podcast, enjoyed speaking with her. She is, uh, you two are one in three in the world and, you both kind of share this, at least from the outside looking in, I think you both share kind of an interesting bond where her freshman season, especially this fall, it was kind of deja vu all over again of what you did as a freshman. And, you know, again, you have this massively talented team, but, uh, you know, do you two kind of lean on each other or maybe you kind of counsel her a little bit about, you know, what you went through your freshman season of national championship, Annika Award, all the wins, it's got to be an interest. I mean, obviously you're a one-two punch on this team, but it's it's an interesting dynamic where you both are kind of dealing with the same sort of external pressures. How how have you helped her, or she's helped you? Yeah, we definitely both helped each other a lot. Rose and I have a really special bond, and I hope people are able to see that we played together at Curtis Cup. We've known each other since we were 12 and 13 years old, so we have a really really special friendship. But I'm just so grateful she's at Stanford because yeah, we do have. You know, we joke around and have a lot of fun, but we also have serious conversations about, you know, the struggles uh, that come with winning and having pressure on you. And I think we keep each other focused and motivated on what's important. And, um, you know, we kind of talk each other down from thinking about all the outside pressures. We're both also really religious. We have Bible studies together. We get to know the Lord together. So we just have such a such a special bond. And you know, I can't imagine her being at any other school. I'm so glad she chose Stanford. We're talking so much about the dominant Stanford program. And as we've spoke about a little bit previously, you're a member of Air, Air Force ROTC. And it's a little bit ironic. You spend some time away from campus and you drive 30 minutes down the road. The university where you're getting your ROTC work done is the same university, San Jose State, that has handed... Stanford two losses this season. It's the only team to beat Stanford this season. This is probably like the only 30-minute drive you have during the week that is somewhat relaxing where you can zone out. And then you roll up and a sign says San Jose State. So now, in the grand scheme of things, probably not something that you want to do is is lose during the season. But it's kind of ironic. You have that time away from campus for RTC, but you're reminded of defeats on the golf, t- on the golf course. How, how does that work? <laughs> Oh, I can promise you that when I'm rolling up to RTC, I'm a lot more nervous about getting yelled at. Okay. Um, but <laughs> about worrying about a loss. But no, I mean they're an amazing team. Like seriously, such a great team. I've had the privilege of getting to know them last year. The girls are awesome. And I mean, even after the losses, we've talked like, oh, after RTC, let's grab coffee. Right. You know, like I want to see them around campus. So it's just it's all about perspective. I mean, they have played their butts off. They're an amazing team. And we're like, you know, we have a great team that's so close that we can compete with all the time. It makes us better. You know, um, we can't find ourselves getting comfortable and relaxed knowing that we have the best team. You know, they keep us on our toes, which is, I think, you know, the long run. Like, of course, no one likes losing. 
Right. But I think that's something that's really good for us to have them right down the street. I I uh, I was thinking the exact same thing of, of you know you don't want to feel like you're on this island you know the massive mountaintop of Stanford where no one can touch you. It's nice to know I guess in the grand scheme of things, at least during the regular season, that there's a team right down the street that that can beat you. Yeah, it's it's actually really cool. And the girls themselves, they're so awesome. Like we have so much fun playing with them. It's cool. Assuming you're going to go ahead and complete your entire program at ROTC, I think you would be a second lieutenant. Now, um, I know you've flown F-18s. You've, you've been up in, in helicopters and all that, that daredevil shit that I would never <laughs> want to get involved with. Um, have Do you have a call sign yet? Uh, has there been a naming ceremony? I mean, it, I know you can't pick yours. You can't do that. I know enough about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yours. Um, is there one, I don't want to put it out in the ether, that the one that you want, but, I mean, do you know anything about what maybe a call sign, a good call sign would be for Rachel Heck? You know, I haven't thought about it. Unfortunately, I, well, not unfortunately, I don't want to be a pilot, so okay. I don't really have a call sign. But how about we turn this on you? What would be a good call sign for me? A good call sign for Rachel Heck. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, yeah, I first. didn't know this was going to happen. Well, I can think on my feed, Rachel Heck. I'm a professional podcaster. Um, <laughs> oh, right, right. My right, first right. one would be maybe Smiley or Giggles. <laughs> um, Why? Where do you get that from? Uh, have you seen pictures of yourself on the internet? You smile about 98% of the time. So I would think. That's, that's true. Okay. So I would think those two would be, be, uh, be the two I would think of. That's my immediate thought. All right. I'd like both of those. I would be happy. Okay. Smiley or giggles. All right. Perfect. Yes. Um, all right. So let's talk a little bit. Uh, you know, we're, this, this episode is quickly getting out of hand. So let's bring it back down to something a little bit serious and, and professional here. I've had a lot of talk, a lot of conversations with collegiate golfers and tournament directors about NIL. Um, it's funny. The players want to know, well, I just want a deal. I just want to get stuff. I want, you know, uh, apparel. I want money. I want something. And they don't understand that, you know, you're actually promoting a business and they're leveraging your influence on social media. Now you have a partnership with Stiefel. People should know are huge supporters of college golf, especially, you know, the Haskins and the, and the Onigo award that you have won. And I'm thinking this must be a really great opportunity for you to learn the business side of what it will be like to become, uh, to be a professional golfer like I said, many people focus on the numbers within an NIL partnership. What lessons are you learning throughout this process that are going to help you, you know, as you mature and as you uh, make that next step in your career? Yeah, I'm really lucky that, you know, the whole NIL scene changed and began when I, um, after my freshman year, so that I can't have this experience before I go out on tour and have no idea what I'm doing. It's just one less thing to worry about it. But yeah, I knew from the beginning that I wanted to do this right, that I wanted to be patient. I want to make good decisions. I wanted to have lasting partnerships rather than, like you said before, just signing for, you know, easy money to promote some brand that I don't really care about it. Right. I want, I wanted lasting partnerships. So I, um, I, the first thing I did was interview agents. I signed with Excel. Kevin Hopkins has been, incredible about setting me up with some really good partners and Stifo has been amazing they're some of the biggest supporters of college golf especially women's golf with the Anaco award and they just seemed like a natural partnership for me and it's been really cool to get to get to know these guys and get to talk to them and meet with other members of team Stifo and learn about the business side of things I mean even outside of golf they offered they said you're part of the family now so if you want 
an internship at Stiefel if you want to learn anything about it. Like, it's just cool to have so many doors open and so many genuine partnerships that are really going to be beneficial in the long run. It's it's something special that I can't believe that I just came in here at the right time to um, be able to have those experiences. It, it's so funny that you mentioned internship because I was thinking that this is you're kind of like interning for the LPGA tour you're because you're, <laughs> you're you're going through not, and I don't mean what you're doing on the golf course but interning in respect of you know w- learning to work with brands and you know I guess like what are maybe some of the, you mentioned agent like so what are some of the questions that maybe you have asked uh you know the people at Excel or or other agents like what are some of the questions that you had going into these meetings because I think a lot of players and also a lot of parents that are listening you know, they don't know how to make that next step. You know, maybe it's not something that they're going to need to deal with when they're a sophomore in college, but at some point, those conversations are going to happen if they're going to make the next step. What was maybe one of the questions that you asked, like, every agent? Yeah, I think one of the big things for me was asking about what their values are as a company and what we're looking for. And I think there are some people that are maybe a little more cash motivated and oh i found this deal for you here's a quick couple thousand dollars oh now post this and here's some more money um and for me i wasn't in a situation where i you know desperately need money to pay my rent i'm lucky enough to be in college uh, where all that's taken care of right so i'm not looking to make quick cash and i think like kevin's ideals really align with mine that it is about making long-term partnerships um and yeah, having these partnerships that I can take into my professional career, like we're looking at the long run, we're not looking at making some quick cash so I can go buy, go to the Stanford mall and go on a shopping spree. Like it's about more than that. And I think we both have the same vision and our visions aligned. Yeah, yeah, really well. So I knew he was the one. Yeah. And I, and I think we can kind of like let people know you're not currently uh, calling me from your yacht uh, with your Lamborghini parked outside. I mean, you're still, <laughs> how do you know? I, I'm, I'm, I said, I'm going out on a limb. I, I'm just assuming <laughs> I'm could be wrong, but, but no, you're, you're, I mean, yes, you're a, a world-class athlete, but you're still, you know, taking classes and, still navigating this time of your life you're you're not set you have things you have to take care of exactly i told my parents like the (laughs) most i'm gonna buy is starbucks wow like i'm not (laughs) i mean i'll buy starbucks in the occasional cute outfit but (laughs) you know like reckless reckless i know I'm a wild class student. They're like, this is why professional athletes go broke because of people like you, Rachel. Uh huh. Well, you know, Starbucks is kind of pricey, but I think you'll. I think it, it is. I, I, a chai I, latte for five bucks is a lot. I think you'll be okay. Um. Well, I, I, I'm gonna get you out of here so you can enjoy your weekend on this one final topic. I know one of your passions in life is art. Let's give a plug to your Instagram account, Rain Delays. It ends with a Z. We'll put a link to that in the show notes of this episode. Uh, I've been an artist for looks like your entire life that being said i have heard from listeners the back of the range that the merch store here is kind of missing something we have a new logo it's going to be printed on different uh you know pieces of apparel in the in the, uh, in the near future but i think that at least for a limited run of t-shirts it needs a little bit of an artistic makeover oh yeah so we can keep uh, if we can just get this approved. I'm sure I'll have my people talk to your people. We'll, we'll do that. But I would like to commission rain delays 
to create an artistic interpretation of the new Back of the Range logo that will go on a limited edition run of t-shirts with the proceeds benefiting a veteran's charity of your choice. Can no I, way. Can I get you interested in a project like that? Yes, please. Oh my gosh, Ben, that's amazing. I wanted to somehow use art to benefit a veterans association, but I had no idea how to get into that on my own. So this is so cool. Okay, so we can get that done. I'll tell you what, since it seems like things are kind of busy for you right now with that whole Augusta tournament and a national championship run, maybe we can work on this over the summer when all you're doing is playing in like U.S. Amateurs and U.S. Opens. Does that sound fair? Yeah, just those things. That sounds perfect. I'm so pumped. Okay. All right. So we'll make that happen. I'm glad we can get you on board with that project. That's going to be a lot of fun that we can work on over That's the summer. That's so cool, man. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. All right. We'll get that done this summer. Go enjoy the rest of your spring break. Um, and, uh, you know, going to have to dig in the rest of the way. It's going to be a really uh, fast-paced and competitive end to this season. But, again, thank you for being the anchor of this, uh, this series here at the back of the range. I'll see you down the road. And, uh, again, thanks for stopping by the back of the range. Sounds good. Thank you for having me, Ben. And there you have it. Special thanks to Rachel Heck for joining me on this episode of The Back of the Range. And thanks to all the members of the 2021 U.S. Curtis team for taking the time to join me here as well. This series was a lot of fun, and I look forward to catching up with the new members of the 2022 Curtis Cup team in the future. Remember, follow along on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, every episode, and merch. Everything is available at thebackoftherange.com. And we'll see you next time here at the Back of the Range.